Hi there, this is Brian Qualls and welcome to the podcast. Uh, today I have uh, Dr. Tom with me uh, once again and uh, today I think what we're going to do is um, really go back to basics and talk about if you're a contractor, um, what really um, my first job, I'm doing my first lighting job, um, what um, what am I going to have in my in my tool bag? What you know, the, one of the worst things about any project, especially when I'm doing home improvements, is how many trips I've got to make back to the to the hardware store because I'm missing something. So this podcast is going to talk a little bit more on what to, to have in your your toolbox or your tool bag to be ready to go. Um, so Tom, I, I welcome you. Thanks uh, for joining me today. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. Um, it's been a while. So um, kind of you and I met before this podcast, and we talked a little bit. Um, the, to see what exactly we kind of laid out, what's everything um, in, a, in a toolbox and, and what you've really got in yours. So, you know, mobile, on-site, kind of what's the, the top thing on your list? What's the first thing that you make sure that you have ready to go every time you're, you're going out doing a, a, an install or even a, a repair job? Well, I think the very first thing I would think about is getting a very good, durable bag. Something that's easy to carry, get to the troubleshooting spot or wherever you need to go in a hurry and the number one tool in my bag is going to be an amp probe okay so let's talk about that um you've been doing this a long time you've been doing a lot longer than me um amp probes kind of interesting in in the fact that we're now on led and every time i i talk to to several people they say oh well i've been told it's led it doesn't it doesn't really matter so I know why I like having an amp probe with me at all times. In fact, I probably have two of them with me at all times. But kind of explain to our, our, our listeners here of, of why you have that at number one on your, on your list. Well, first off, you just hit on something. You said you have two of them. And that's a really smart idea because if you start getting really weird numbers, readings, amp probes uh, will kind of go crazy when the battery goes dead. So it's always nice to have a backup. With that being said, though, I have at least one. And I get phone calls all the time where people are really having a problem. And the first thing I ask is, do you have a meter? And they don't. Uh, so wait, what, what kind of problem? So let, let's, let's run there. I know we're going a little bit off topic. but They're telling me that uh, the lights aren't working. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and they're trying to figure out what's wrong. The first thing I ask them is a meter because have you checked your outlet? And I can't tell you how many times people go, yeah, yeah the outlet's fine. How do you know? Are you sure? And I mean, then they're, you know, kind of backstepping. You have to have a meter. You have to have a good meter. You want to first check your outlet, make sure there's power there. It could be as simple as a GFCI. Is and that's, that's the hardest part, right? I mean, compare this to irrigation, compare this to plumbing. I know when I've got a leak. I got water pouring everywhere, going out where it's at. Let's just call electricity invisible. I don't mm -hmm. see it, right? There's, if there's, no electricity or there's a, a leak somewhere there's no electricity pouring all over my yard i've got to have that probe to know that you know very simplest thing do i have power running this whole system that's a, exactly true and see then if you have power at the outlet the transformer is plugged in you can move inside the transformer typically most transformers unique in every other manufacturer has a plug for a timer then you're checking the power at that plug inside. If that's good, you want that amp probe then to check the secondary side, which would be your low voltage side. And uh, 
with unique transformers this is AC so you're just setting your meter to 200 volts or less AC and it's good for both the high voltage and the low voltage but now you're not guessing now you know for sure and you also know that if it even if there's enough I mean yes our, our LEDs now can regulate the voltage so to speak they can you know go from 15 to 10 and, and I think that's where the mis understanding comes from is that because it's LED it doesn't matter but they still have a range and you know I've seen readings all over the map I mean it's, it's just it's absolutely crazy so yeah so the the amp probe you know even if you know nothing about electricity you put it on there the the meter moves okay I know at least I've got power at that location correct <clears throat> and uh, you know don't be fooled it's like we're talking about voltage right now an amp probe and a voltmeter are two different things but almost every amp probe is also a voltmeter. So for very low cost, buy an amp probe. That's one tool that will be that will do both things, checking voltage and checking amperage. And it'll save you quite a bit of time. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's move on to, to the next items on, on the list you've got here in, in your uh, in your tool tool bag. Um, well, it, whether you're doing new installation or you're doing uh, troubleshooting or anything, I like to have colored tape in my tool bag. Um, or some people will get the fancy wire markers, and it can be the numbered wire markers, whatever, whatever you want. But when you find a rat's nest of wires, you want to be able to start labeling them and deciphering which wire is which. And so, I, I can back that up 100%. And, and Again, not, not to get outside of lighting, but I just had an um, uh, IT guy at my house, and we couldn't, I couldn't figure out the, uh, uh, which wire went from to e each room for my, my Ethernet cable. Mm -hmm. And he had wrote in really bad writing in a Sharpie on a wire that got painted over, and we, we had to go back and retrace each wire. So putting, putting some sort of, you know, if you're using a color tape, then you got to have some sort of code that goes with it what what goes with red what goes with yellow um and but the numbers work well as too because you can you know put one at the top one at the end you know which wire goes where so sure okay moving on after after marking tape what uh, what else do you have on your list well i'm going to go through some of the basic tools i'd have a good pair of strippers i would have a very good four in one or six in one screwdriver instead of having five or six or eight or ten screwdrivers buy a really good four in one or six in one screwdriver. Um, I would have a level for leveling transformers when you mount them. I would have a good quality cordless drill and an assortment of small masonry bits. Um, I'm just going to go so through. So let's let's stop you right there. So one thing that I, I can I can attest to, um, you know, if you've got any insights, having a masonry bit, having a level, having the drill, sometimes it's a little unnerving drilling into someone's brand new house in the side of their stucco do you have any tips or ideas to kind of get over that hump of taking that first use drill? a false name never give you a real name <laughs> 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 no i mean no you know if you look at most homes the way they're built they don't just randomly throw wires and pipes and things like that all over um you can make some very small test holes too and you want to be ginger with it. You don't want to get uh, a very large drill and just go ripping through the side of someone's house, you know. And for mounting a transformer, you're really not having to go much deeper than the stucco. So I like to just take it smooth and easy, slow. 
And most most transformers that I've seen, especially the ones from Unique Lighting, um, they do uh, have a, a template, a paper template in the box. That way, you're not Swiss cheese in the size of a house, side and, of a house. And you they can, come with the mounting hardware. They come with mounting hardware, so yeah. you know what size bit to use. So it, it takes a lot of the a lot of the guesswork out, and really kind of saves correct s- saves that 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 fearness. So. Um, okay, what uh, beyond the level, beyond the, the cordless drill? I think a, a, a good hammer, and you don't need some great big gigantic 21 pounds uh, framing hammer. You know, just a good small hammer. Um, and are you using that to pound in stakes or? Well, you're going to use the hammer even when you put the, uh, basically your hardware for mounting a transformer. You're going to have anchors you're going to want to tap into the holes you just drilled. Um, so just having a good hammer, a small one, is going to be a, you know, you might want to beat the heck out of a fixture if you're upset with it. <laughs> <laughs> Chase away the neighbor's dog that's trying to bite you. Uh, but no, just a good small hammer. It, it's I like to carry a bag to where if I have to walk around someone's house and I have to walk, you know, halfway down the block to get to where equipment is, I can carry all these things easily. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can load the back of the truck, but if you can't get the truck down there, you're going to be making 30 trips, which is why I said, have a good bag. You know, some people have backpacks that are great tool bags. Well, the other thing that I've seen that's real popular now is the buckets where, you know, Absolutely. it's the bucket that's got the bag that, that, you know, wraps around it. So then you can even fit a couple fixtures or, or you know, and whatever items drill. inside that or your cordless drill. Yeah. Um, it's good for collecting some of the trash on the way out and mm-hmm. throw it in that bucket as well. So those have become real popular. Turn it upside down, use it as a seat. And so. what, what this bag is really about, it, it is a basic bag. It, it's kind of everything you might need to do basic installation mm-hmm. or troubleshooting where you can carry it in one trip, mm-hmm. get to your area you're working, and have pretty much all the little things mm-hmm. you need in it. Um, you can always go back to the truck if you're doing a full installation, and sure. that's where you're going to have big tools. Right. Um, the other thing I like to carry is, especially for installation, is a three-quarter inch to a one-inch masonry bit. You don't need to buy a fancy one. Buy a three-quarter to one-inch masonry bit that's about 14 inches long. And those things are great for augering the ground. Makes it very easy then to put a fixture stake into the ground without pounding the stake and possibly breaking the stake, especially if the soil is really hard. Uh, A lot of my training classes, people have seen me use a cordless drill with that three-quarter to one-inch bit, and they just go, wow, that's a great idea. Well, and and two things with that, too, is that, you know, the... What I've noticed as well is is maybe just the top layer is 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 hard and mm-hmm. you're just trying to crack that crust with that with sure. that drill bit and then when you get down to the softer layer it's easier to get that mm-hmm. that uh, stake into the ground. But w- what's your advice, you know, before we start Swiss cheese in someone's someone's front yard as far as irrigation? Do you ever fear of, of drilling into a of a, an irrigation pipe or anything like that? Well, the beauty of the masonry bits too is they don't really have a sharp end. They're really made for breaking through concrete. So if you take them slow and easy, you can feel if you go up against a pipe or something, you're going to feel it. It won't just tear through a pipe, not like a sharp bit will. So they're so pretty. That's why the masonry bit. They're is pretty important. safe to use. Okay. You're not going to cut anything up or tear anything up. Um, and you know another thing is like with hard ground when you install path lights, especially if you do manage to pound that path light in the ground 
probably crooked. Where the beauty of augering the ground out is now you have a little bit of soft movement where you can get that path light straight and then pack the dirt around it. People will ask me, well, why don't you just use a shovel and dig a hole? Well, that's too much soft soil around the stake. And typically you come back a few days later and the fixture's kind of leaning over all of a sudden because the soil was too soft. The augers work really well. So let's move on to um, extra parts, extra pieces. What what do you like to carry beyond just these, you know, tools in the tool bag? What are the the extras you like to just have on hand when you're doing an install? Um, with lots of wires everywhere, especially uh, our 25 foot leads going to fixtures, I really like to have zip ties, and it is an important thing. My preference is when I have excess wire left over to a fixture from the hub. I coil the wire up next to the fixture and put a zip tie around it. Now some people like to just wrap the wire around the stake and that's fine too. But it does require you to, to auger out that hole larger to get that fixture in the ground with the wire all wrapped around the stake. So I just prefer to roll it up, my excess, put a zip tie around it and bury it right next to the stake. Um, another thing would be a sharpie. People forget their you know, an ink pen doesn't work very well, but a Sharpie's great because you might want to uh, date bulbs. I used to always date bulbs. Uh, that way you can remember if you go back to a job a few years later, you can remember when that was installed, you know, what the actual install date was. You also want to fill out your checklist on the transformer door. It's going to ask you what home run, what the tap was that you used, what the amperage was on that line. If you fill out all that information and later someone calls you and says the system's not working, if all those values are different now, they probably have been having the gardener mess with your lighting system. And it's no longer a warranty call. It's now a, a service call that you're going to charge for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you how many times I've been out there where they say, oh, we just installed these bulbs two weeks ago. And you look at it, and it's got a date that's four years old. And <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sharpie saved, saved my, my behind a few times. But a Sharpie, yeah, that's really important. And the other benefit with the Sharpie is you got to think about when you're doing your transformer mounting. You're going to lay your template on the wall and you always go, ah, I need a pen or something. The Sharpie works great for writing on wood, writing on stucco. You know, it's just a another tool you need in that bag. Um, I would always carry two, uh, some spare fuses, both the spade style fuses and slow blow fuses. And you don't need to carry one of every single size. What you're looking at is if you have a 300 watt transformer that's not functioning, even if you have a 10 amp fuse, you can pop that in the transformer just to test it and go, oh, it's working now. Um, so I would just carry an assortment of basic fuses, maybe five or 10 of spade fuses. Uh, for those that don't know that what I'm talking about is the spade fuses we use in the hubs. And then I would carry four or five slow blow fuses, probably eight amp or 10 amp. Um, just so you have those backup fuses. Mm -hmm. You never know when you might actually touch two wires together, you blow a fuse and you're 75 miles away from the store. Even if you're 15 miles away from the store, yeah. it's 30 miles round trip just to go pick up a fuse. So. Exactly. So extra fuses are hugely important. And with troubleshooting especially, 
you know, you start getting good at this, you're going to start finding you have lots of work going out and fixing other people's problems. Um, I think I would carry uh, in my basic tool bag, I would always carry an extra timer. They're inexpensive, just a cheap Christmas tree, Christmas light timer. You don't need nothing fancy. And I would carry an extra photo cell. Um, photo cells are getting pretty common to where they're all the same plug-in. I would always have an extra photo cell. With that being said, um, I would have what they call a photo cell jumper. You're going to end up on a job and you're going to be going, why doesn't the transformer work? You have no way of testing the photo cell, but what you can do is unplug it and put the little photo cell jumper on. If the transformer comes on, you know the photo cell's no good. And uh, you would think that that's common sense that if somebody removed the jumper and installed a photo cell, they'd leave the jumper. They're never on the job site. Oh, we're always looking for them. And, so, and even too, I, I like the idea of having an extra timer, extra photo cell with you. Um, because even if they've gotten a sophisticated system um, or uh, uh, kind of more advanced timing system on the transformer, where it's a light logic or an astronomical timer, mm -hmm. um, if you've got something that, that gets them running for the next couple of days, um, gives you time to get back to your distributor or, or back to your manufacturer to, to get a warranty item replaced. Um, that way the system's not 100% down during that, that time. So that's I like correct. having those in there. And then when you go back, swap back out, that timer goes back in your tool bag and it's always there for the next one. Mm -hmm. And then probably, I mean, I would, I would wrap up my tool bag with uh, at least one or two extra stakes. You know, the, the fixture stakes. break stakes, all the time. They're always broken. Yeah. And uh, it's just not that big of a expensive item that you want to have to drive to the distributor to buy one and drive all the way back to the job. I would have, you know, a couple of large ones, a couple of small ones in my bag or in my truck. And uh, also, really important, I'd have a couple of each size of bulb, you know, like T3s. I'd have a couple T3s. I'd have three or four MR16s. I'd have three or four part 36s if all you do is led then have led bulbs if you you do a lot of halogen and you still do a lot of troubleshooting with people using halogen it's cheap to have a few things in that that tool bag or in your truck well the cost effectiveness of just having it ready to go rather than making another trip or mm -hmm. you know i said the we know what the most common ones that are out there mm -hmm. um if you don't know what they are your distributors know give give our, our customer service number a call i mean they're they're you know it's pretty easy to have like i said three or four of each ready to go this is a really really good idea and saves you having to leave that that job because we all know time is money and we want to keep uh, keep that going so. and what you just said too, call our customer service i'm happy to really get into detail with anyone if they want help building a good toolkit great well tom i want to i want to thank you this has uh, been super informative um i know there's a lot more we could talk about we could spend two days talking about this stuff absolutely i really do appreciate you uh, kind of letting everyone know what the, what to have on a, on a basic uh, level and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See y'all later.